Welcome back to the Shot the Side podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt again. Matt, um, before we get into things, uh, we're going to the Wolves game tonight, you know? We're either going to see a sweep or uh, we're going to see the Wolves, uh, I wouldn't say get back in it, but uh, at least get one game out of the series. You know, I, I, I'm a little bit worried, but I, I think we'll we'll get the win tonight. The home crowd, I think. We'll tip it in our favor tonight. We'll start making a couple defensive plays that we didn't make last game, and I think think we'll pull it out. Yeah, and we'll talk about this series a little bit later, but, um, yeah, we're basically going to go through um, how each series has looked so far. I think our last podcast that came out was, I believe, on Monday, so uh, there's been a lot of games so far, uh, a lot of good series. Um, We'll start off with... The series that just got done, um, we're doing this at around 6 o'clock on Sunday. So, um, starting off with the Kings and Warriors series. Warriors even up the series. Both teams have won two games at home. Uh, Big win for Golden State, 126-125 victory. Uh, What were the keys to this uh, victory for Golden State and evening evening the series for you, Matt? Uh, Really, I think it was just defense uh defense and then just big shot making um wiggins defense was incredible in this game he was causing all sorts of problems and honestly probably one of the the best defenders in the league he especially on uh chase downs he made some a crazy block at one point in the game um a nice chase down on mitchell um and then draymond actually had a really good defensive game too he gives sabonis all sorts of problems down low and is just a good rebounder too um, for getting defensive rebounds, um, but then uh, offensively, just big time shot making. Clay hit it some nice shots in the fourth quarter. A big time three coming up, coming off a screen from Looney, um, and then Curry was hitting some big time shots too um, throughout the game. Uh, it, it always surprises me how easily Curry's able to get into the paint and make uh, layups that just look like they're don't even <laughs> like. Shouldn't even uh, go in just the by the angle of it. He just has crazy like control over the ball when he's going up for a layup. Um, it's just fun to watch. But yeah, I think those were pretty much the keys for me in this game. Um, and then just I mean, just being at home is obviously helpful for them too. I think right. the Warriors really feed off the crowd, and they, I mean it was it gets loud there. <laughs> like you can hear it on TV. It's so loud there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are probably the keys for me in this one. Yeah, I mean, very close game. I thought that it, you know, Warriors kind of almost choked this one away. Um, you know, Steph called a timeout when they didn't have one with, I think there was like, what was it, like 20-something seconds left? Maybe a little bit less? I think there was the like 42 seconds left when he called 42 seconds left. Right, which was huge. Gave Sacramento, a, you know, an extra point and the ball. Um, they cut it to one and had a chance. Um but uh, Harrison Barnes came up short on that uh, on that three attempt. Uh, did you find it kind of question like for me? I I wasn't sure if I know it was good good you know read by Fox to be able to you know pass it out to a wide open Harrison Barnes uh, for that three attempt. But for me, I, I thought you know I would have rather had Sabonis go up and set that screen or some you know a better shooter. Um, if you are going to take that three-point look, which they didn't need to take one, and you had to have thought that you know they're going to come out and double De'Aaron Fox, who's 
you know, one clutch player of the year. Um, did you find that play call a little bit odd or um, is it, you know, you just t- take what you what you have there? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a little bit odd. I, I probably would have ran something similar to what the Nuggets have done on the Timberwolves. Um, with Jokic, I would have put like Sabonis in that position where he does a pick and roll with Murray. In this case, it would be Fox. And then um, if the pick and roll is not there for either of them, like if the shot's not there off that, they have Gordon cutting from the back and the Kings could have like Keegan Murray cutting from the back, I think. Something like that could have at least like given them a decent look at a shot around the rim, um, or even a putback if like Fox wanted to go up for the shot, and then Keegan Murray's cutting from back door um, could maybe get a putback or something. But I mean, I think taking a, a shot or like that. I mean, it was a good look for Barnes, like he was open. But I think just when you consider how he was shooting in the game, I think he was one for four at that point in the game, one of five. Um, yeah, but like going into that, he was one for four before the shot, right? Or no, he was one of one of five. He was one of six after oh, that shot. Six. Okay, so yeah, like one of five. You're shooting twenty percent. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I would have maybe even rather seen Fox just take a contested jumper over Curry. Um, other than that, I mean, because that three that he hit the previous possession that was contested. That was a big time shot by True. Fox. Um, he's the, voted the clutch player of the year. I probably would have liked to see the clutch player of the year take the shot just because I would trust him more. Yeah, do you, I mean, would you do like a clear? I, I'd probably have, probably do some sort of clear out, have like two, you know, two people on each side in the corners. Um, if you really wanted to bring up a screen, you could bring up Sponis. Um, I think Looney was guarding him at the point at that time. So I feel a lot more comfortable having De'Aaron Fox go at Looney than go at Draymond Green, who's an all-NBA defense player. So, um, you know, you can definitely look back at it and be like, okay, I would have done things differently to get either somebody else a shot or get Fox more space to be able to take a, a jumper, you know, mid-range three, whatever you want. But um, this series is coming down to, you know, who's going to be the first to win on the road? I mean, Kings took their first two games at home pretty convincingly. They had a couple, you know, struggling moments, but ended up finishing those games. Golden State won game three, 114-97. You know, and then you had the whole Draymond Green suspension for that game where uh, I think Sacramento could have really, really taken advantage of that and and possibly, you know, went up 3-0, and we would have been talking so differently about this series than we are now um, at an even series, but... Um, I, I think the key to this series has, you know, been the point guard battle between Fox and uh, Steph Curry. And um, definitely, you, you know, Fox scored more points, I think, in both games, these last two games, if I'm not if I'm correct. Yeah, he had 38 tonight. And then I, I think he had um, probably close to that on game three as well. But um, you know, Steph had 36 in that game, three near 50% shooting, three stocks on the defensive side of the ball, which is uh, good for him, um, especially when you're missing Draymond Green, and then a plus 24 uh, plus minus rating. So, um, and then also you're looking at Jordan Poole too. Jordan Poole wasn't that great the first three games. He played 26 minutes tonight, started uh, with Draymond Green coming off the bench, gave you 22 points on 
you know, near 50% shooting, I thought Poole looked a lot better. Uh, you know, he wasn't, I wouldn't say he was great, but definitely looked better in this game. And um, if they're going to win this series, they're going to need Jordan Poole to play, you know, like he did last year in the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it, he had 22 points. Um, it was nice to see him actually contribute the, <laughs> this game because he'd been struggling the previous three games. Um it's kind of been interesting to see like the the changes that the Warriors have made throughout the series too, because uh, like Kaminga has didn't really play at all today. Uh, Gary Payton barely played. Um, he was out last game too, so maybe that contributed to it because I think he was sick or something like that. Um, and then Moody didn't really play too much today, but uh, last game they got a huge game out of him, um, huge minutes while Draymond was out because they needed other guys to step up. Um, I think if, if the Warriors are going to win this series, they're going to need guys to step up besides Steph Curry and Clay if, in terms of scoring. It's got to either be Wiggins, Poole, or just – I don't really think it'll be Draymond, so I think it's got to be either those two or, or another third player to step up. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that would that'd be the key for them. And then – on the the King side, I mean, if if they can even get like half as good of a performance out of Keegan Murray every game, um, they're a tough team. Like he played really well tonight, and I don't expect him to score twenty three a game, but I, if he could even add like ten to fifteen or something like that, um, I think they they could really use that cause, just because he's he's a good defender too um, at times, just because of his length. Um, I know sometimes he makes some rookie mistakes out there, which is partially why he had, hadn't been playing. Um, but I think if they could get some more out of him, I think that that would be nice. Yeah, and, um, you know, I don't want to be too harsh on Fox because he's been so great in this series, but when you're starting point guards taking 31 shots and only getting 38 points in a game, I mean, 38 points is nice. That's great to have, but 31 shots... Um, it's tough to get your other players, especially your bench players, some of your role players into a, a kind of a groove. And you saw it there on that final shot with Harrison Barnes, you know, he only took 11 shots in the game, made three of them. Um, Herder was a non-factor in this game, played 21 minutes, one of four. Um, defensively wasn't that great. Uh, Trey Lyles gave you some good minutes off the bench. Alex Len um, does, you know, his, his thing in spot minutes uh, behind Sabonis. Um, and then Davion Mitchell. I thought Davion Mitchell's been incredible guarding Steph Curry. Um, you know, you can't shut down a star player like Steph Curry, but I think he's done a phenomenal job just getting in the airways, you know, limiting some of those uh, ball screens with, with Draymond Green. You know, that's where Steph gets a lot of his, you know, open look threes is off those, off you know, off movement, which he's so good at. Um, but... Um, I think it's going to, for for Fox, getting back to the point is, you know, I, I want to see early on, you know, I'm fine if he's, he's taking some shots, but um, getting some, you know, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, who, you know, you want to be consistent, like you talked about, 10, 15 points. I would say more 15 points, especially if these games are going to be such so high scoring. Uh, you got to get Herter going, and, and Monk was, you know, not that great as well, 5 of 14. He put up 60 points, but... Um, Get, you got to get those guys going, and um, especially when you're playing against this Warriors team and you're not playing defense. Um, I'm not, you know, you don't, 
when you think of the Sacramento Kings, you're not thinking, oh, they're going to be a great defensive team and 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 shut down the Warriors for a quarter or whatnot. Because that's we're not going to see that. So um, if you're not going to play defense, you got to be able to outscore them. And they fell short on this game. But um, the next game I want to talk about is is the game before that. Um, you had the Knicks uh, wire to wire finish beating the Cleveland Cavaliers going up three to one. Uh, Matt, huge win for the Knicks going up three to one against Cavs. I don't think, I mean, personally, I didn't see this happening. I thought it would be a lot. Cl- I mean, it, it is a close matchup, but um, the Knicks just handled business at home and have a chance to close out in Cleveland for game five. Yeah. I mean, the, the Knicks have definitely surprised me. Um, they played great at home. They they held home court. Um, they they made uh, life for Donovan Mitchell really hard. Honestly, um, that was probably the most surprising thing. He played uh, pretty bad today. He had only eleven points. Um, just a, a tough, tough day for Mitchell. Um, even last game, he had a tough, tough night too. And mm-hmm. um, just in general, the the Cavs were terrible last game. They they only had thirty six points in the whole first half last game. Um, which is unbelievable because, I mean, teams put that up in quarters nowadays. Um, and they had 79 points total. But, but that that was just uh, a crazy defensive performance by the Cat, or by the Knicks throughout these two home games, um, especially with, the, with Julius Randle kind of struggling too. Um, this has just been honestly a little bit shocking. Um, I thought, I think maybe the... The Cavs have some some questions um, about who's going to step up because, like, I I mean, Mobley hasn't stepped up really, um, at least scoring. I mean, nobody's really stepped up because they've just been playing bad uh, throughout this whole series, in my opinion. Um, but also credit to the Knicks. The Knicks have been playing really well on defense, have been challenging shots, um, making things tough for, for the guards. Um Honestly, J- Jalen Brunson just been unbelievable. Hey, I think uh, he's probably been one of the best players of the playoffs so far, yeah. um, in my opinion. Um, it, just a huge reason why they're even like in the or why they're about to maybe potentially move on in the series. But yeah, I thought what well, could have been one of the closest series. I think honestly, it might be over in Cleveland in Game Five because the Knicks have just looked like the better team to me. Wow, you think that? I think uh, I think you might see Cleveland, you know, get that win in Cleveland, but um, they've just been out of sorts in New York. You know, I, I just don't, I don't see them winning three straight games to to win this series. So, um, a guy that's stepped up for New York, R.J. Barrett. Um, I was talking pretty lowly of him after I think Game One. Uh, I think he just had a a bizarre first game and. You know, he's done a lot better with the home crowd. 45 points in the last um, two games here in New York, followed with this last one, uh, putting up 26. Now, shooting from three has been a little difficult. He was 0 of 6 in this game, but 9 of 18 from the field, which is solid, 50%. Um, I think the X factor so far in this series has been Josh Hart. Um, we can talk about Brunson as much as we want. Um, he's been phenomenal. Um but I think, you know, having Josh Hart there to, um, you know, guard Donovan Mitchell and show what he can give you on that on the other end of the ball 
Um, I'm sure Tom Thibodeau has loved what he's gotten out of Josh Hart. And uh, he's the big reason, I think, of, of locking down Donovan Mitchell. Um, and then, you know, Brunson has been good at, uh, I mean, great at uh, defending Darius Garland as well. So when you're shutting down, not shutting down, but, you know, limiting those two guards to, what was it, 34 points this past game, um, <laughs> you got a good shot of winning. Uh, against Cleveland and um, I did think going into the series that the big matchup was going to be Evan Mobley and Julius Randle and then possibly that Jared Allen Robinson deal but um, I thought this game Robinson you know definitely played a lot bigger uh, kept out of foul trouble played a lot better than Jared Allen and then Mobley and and Randle were both kind of just you know they had spots where they were decent but you know you didn't really get much out of either one of them. Yeah, I mean, they both kind of just neutralized each other for the most part. Um, but yeah, like you touched on, like the, the guards have just been getting outplayed by by New York's guards. I mean, last game, um, before this game too, Garland and Mitchell combined for 32 points. Um, and then when you think about it, like just himself, he scored 38 points in game one. So... <laughs> Uh, Donovan Mitchell did so I mean you're really really not getting that much scoring out of the guards um, which is a testament to the the New York defense um, I think if they're gonna get game five I think they're, they're gonna have to find a way to either get Mobley going or the guards are gonna just have to step up and start making some tough shots because they're not getting good looks at the basket right now um, and they're, they're kind of just chucking them up at certain points hoping something's they can get some offense going. Um, I, I, you can tell that they're frustrated. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is 0 for 4 from 3 today. Um, I don't know. They, they need to find something and find it quick. I know that they tried to make one change today. They started Karis LeVert over Okoro. A, a um, that didn't work. Um, so I, I do to... like the concept of that, though. No, like, yeah, I like the just concept. Because he's a better shooter. He's a second dribbler. Uh, to kind of, you know, be a facilitator at some points as well. It's just you do limit your defense, though, a little bit, ha- you know, not having Okoro out there. And even Okoro off the bench was, played pretty well this game. Yeah. I mean, you also kind of limit your bench, too, though, because Levert's definitely a better scorer off the bench than right. Okoro is. But, I, I mean, it's going to have to come from either some sort of change. Maybe they'll try something else. Maybe start, like, Osman or something. Um, I don't. I don't even know at this point. I think it's more just going to have to come from Garland and um, Mitchell just stepping up and having a better game. Um, they're getting cooked by Brunson. Um, he he'll take them down into like the the short mid range and he'll just back them down and do a little like Kobe fade almost on them. Um, yeah. way, way too often. And I mean, he, he's pretty dang good at that shot. I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's been. And kind of an eye-opening series, a little bit. Um, some New York fans, um, they should be standing up right now. Uh, I know Stephen A's happy as can be. He's got a smile all the way across his face every time I see him on ESPN now. Yeah. Yeah, his New York Knicks are winning. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a big L.A. fan, too, Lakers fan. So uh, that's the next team or next series we'll talk about is the Lakers-Grizzlies series. Lakers go up 2-1 on the Grizzlies, 111-101. Um, 
you know, I, I thought it was a big missed opportunity not winning that game three, or sorry, excuse me, game two um, against the Grizzlies when there was no job around when he was nursing that, uh, I think, the right hand injury. Um, you know, Memphis ended up winning that game 103 to 93, pretty much took it, you know, um, wire to wire and, and won that game. Um, you know, we didn't talk about Tillman had a great game, 22 points, 13 boards. He was probably the X factor in that game. Tyus Jones, um, I think the last five years in the NBA, he's been the best assisted turnover ratio. So um, he's a quality backup to have behind uh, John Morant. And um, you're going to need it when you're missing, you know, Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, John Morant. Um, and you still got to win with, you know, Tillman giving you 22, Triple J, 18. Uh, 17 for Bain. Kennard gave you 13, and and Brooks added 12. So um, it, that was a good, solid win for for Memphis. But um, talking about this this past game on Saturday, um, kind of a bizarre. You know, you knew I kind of knew they would start out a little bit slow getting Jaw back because uh, I think it they didn't find out until like about an hour before tip off if he was going to play or not. So. That does throw a little bit of wrench in for Memphis, but it also does for LA. So, um, and you saw LA get out to that quick start. I think they were up, what was it like, forty-four to seventeen at one point. I think they, the highest they were up by was twenty-nine points at one point. Uh, and then you know, they just kind of coasted the rest of the way. Um, AD was phenomenal. LeBron was phenomenal. Um, you got good outputs from D'Angelo Russell and 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 Reeves, um, and then Hachimura has been you know the X factor in this series so far. He gave you another 16 points off the bench in 22 minutes. So um, this Lakers squad, um, I won't say it's it's a commanding lead, but um, definitely a good wire to wire finish for them. And um, you know we're gonna see what they can do in Game Four in another you know sold out Lakers arena. Yeah, I mean that that was definitely a a game that ended pretty much in the first quarter. It was 35-9 at the end of the first. Um Memphis played absolutely downright awful in the first quarter. It was like tough to watch. Um yeah. They uh they played so at one point it was like 20 to 2 or something like that too. Um they just couldn't get anything going to start the game. Um it was pretty idiotic by Dylan Brooks to uh, make some of the statements he made throughout the week um, or the last couple of days. Um, I mean, why, why would you give fuel to, to the fire um, when you got players like AD and LeBron on the other team? Um, doesn't make sense at all why you would do that. And then uh, gets ejected, like, what, one minute into the third quarter? Yeah, and then, I mean... Honestly, like the Lakers probably should have let him stay in the game because he was downright awful. He was three of thirteen, just doing absolutely nothing out there. He was just uh, doing cardio, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically, and he—I mean—he definitely wasn't stopping LeBron or AD because they combined for fifty-six points. Um, honestly, the, the the final score looked closer than uh, the game really was. I mean, I think yeah. At a certain point, the Lakers were just kind of just waiting for the game to be over. Um, well, and Jaw down the stretch was absolutely phenomenal. Like, I think at one point he had like 22 of Memphis's, yeah. like he had 22 straight points by himself. Uh, last time I've seen that, 
uh, I don't even think I have seen that before where a player's just gone off that hot in the fourth quarter um, and nobody, it, it seemed like nobody on the Lakers squad could stop him. But by that time they were, I mean, it seemed like all game long, they were down by like 20 points and they would, you know, cut it down to like 15 and then Lakers would go on a little mini run and bring it back up to 20. And then, you know, I mean, Ja finished with 45 and, and 13 assists, almost had a triple double with nine, nine rebounds as well. But it was kind of a little too late by that point, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely too late. Uh, it was too late after the first quarter after laying that stinker. Um, the And then Jaron Jackson was pretty bad in this game. He had only 13 points, six turnovers. He got into foul trouble. Four of 12 from the field. I mean, next game they're going to need a lot more out of him if they're going to um, try to steal one in L.A., um, which I, I think they could do. Because considering how bad they played in this game, uh, they did only lose by 10. Um, I think if it wasn't for that terrible first quarter, I think it probably would have been a close game. Um, I mean, even their bench was so bad in this game. Uh, Tyus Jones, who's usually really efficient, was 0 of 7 from the field. Uh, You don't see that too often. 0 of 5 from 3. I was just talking highly of him, too, and he lays an absolute stinker. Yeah, and then... um, just in general, like they shot terrible from three um, for most of the game besides Ja, um, only thirty three percent. It's I mean, three, that's, but it's not terrible. I mean, the game or this game that we were just talking about between the Knicks and, and Cleveland, I think both of them shot below sub twenty eight percent. Both both teams, so thirty three is not terrible. But um, you know, when the Lakers are you know playing that great, I mean, you got to knock down some of those threes and. Um, you know, one of the one of the players that I think Memphis should probably cut out of their rotation is probably Aldama. He's looked uh, so bad in this series. You know, guard, whoever he's guarding, you know, usually he's guarding like Hachimura off the bench, and Hachimura's just going right at him. And it really doesn't matter who who uh, he's guarding. They're, I mean, he's just uh, just a net negative when it comes to you know he played 11 minutes, but um, I'd rather give those 11 minutes to you know somebody else. Yeah, I mean, Hachimura's shooting out of his mind right now. I don't expect that to, to continue throughout the whole series. Um, I know he's... But he's done it, like, the three past games. So, like, he has been consistent. Granted, like, yeah, do I do I think he's going to do it the rest of the series long? Probably not, but it's a good sign. Yeah, not a bad sign. I mean, that, that's obviously what you want to see. I'm just saying, uh, I mean, we've seen the other 82 games that he's played and that's just not the Hachimura that um, usually comes to play uh, I think I mean part of it too is like you said Altima hasn't been good at all um, Hachimura is way too athletic for him um, but yeah I mean this I think this series is going to be close throughout throughout the rest of the way um, especially if Jaw's healthy because uh, Jaw was a freight train in this um, especially once he got warmed up in the fourth quarter um, he was, I mean, he can get to the rim like no other player can. Um, it's tough to tell because it was such a blowout that, like, were they just letting him get to the rim kind of yeah, um, at a certain point? Because, it, it, I mean, there was times where it looked like they weren't trying on defense where he would just slice right to the rim. Um, like, especially LeBron, like, there's no sense in LeBron potentially, like, getting hurt, like, rolling his ankle or something trying to – meet Jod the rim in a game that you know you can win. Um, 
Well, here's the thing. When, when I was watching it, um, I'd, I'd say those first, like, three possessions, they were going under screens, and Ja was making his three-point shots. You know, I think he made, like, three straight off that. And then, you know, when you see somebody make three straight threes when you're going under the screens, you know, then I think that's when they switched up, went over. Also, you know, Ja got in transition as well and made some some clutch. He had that clutch and one, uh, and one basket on... Um, uh, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was. Uh, I think it was Russell, who was who was guarding him in transition, and uh, that's just not uh, you know somebody who you want guarding in transition. But um, you know they started going over the screens after he made those threes as well, and then you know that's leading to you know downhill jaw, which you know I, I don't think anybody jumps higher in the league than he does. So uh, when he gets the the rim, he's he's definitely putting it in. Um, through contact as well. I think uh, Malik Be- Beasley was getting flashbacks to last playoffs. So. <laughs> he might have. Yeah. But, um, you know, Lakers will have a chance to go up uh, four or 3-1 in this series. Memphis might tie it up. We'll see. Uh, that game will be on, uh, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, so when this podcast episode comes out, it'll be the day of 9 p.m. TNT. Um, Lakers, as of now, are favored by four and a half. But um, I think this game will be a lot closer. I think if Joss starts the game the way he finished the fourth quarter, um, you know, I, I would look to I would look at Memphis trying to, you know, possibly take an early lead instead of being this, you know, being the deficit they were in the first half. Um, but it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on that series. I think it'll be a good one. That might be, I could see that being like a six, seven game series. So, um, yeah. Um, moving on to kind of our next series. Um, another game that was, uh, on Saturday, the Suns and the Clippers. Um, so in this one, um, you know, it's tough because we don't know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. I haven't heard any reports on, whether he's coming back in this series, um, it, it's just a tough loss. I mean, they go down three to one now, um, and you know, on on the score sheet, it looks closer than it actually was. But I don't think you and me thought that you know Clippers had a chance of possibly stealing this one. Just like they, I didn't think they had a chance of stealing Game Three either. Um, Russell Westbrook has put balled out, done it all he can for this team almost posting a triple double but you know you gotta have Kawhi Leonard back right for them to even have a, sh- a chance at this series but it, you know it might be too late yeah I mean I, I thought they definitely had a chance to win game three it was close until like literally like two minutes left and then I mean there was a questionable no call too that could have been a take foul called um for Russell Westbrook when he had a turnover and fast break, and it looked like Devin Booker was clearly trying to take the take foul, um, but they didn't call it, yeah. and that was pretty unfortunate for the Clippers. Um, but yeah, I mean, Russell Westbrook and then Norman Powell, um, they were playing really great in that game. Um, I think Norman Powell had like 42 points, if I'm not mistaken. No, that that was the game before. That was game three. This game, he... Yeah, no, he I was did... talking about game three. Cause oh, you were. Yeah, yep. was. yeah, that was um, the game he scored 42. But then uh, just these past two games, too, um, Ross has just been unreal. I mean, even just in the series in general. Um, yeah. He's been hit, <laughs> hit 
coughing right here, but um, he's been <laughs> excuse he's you. been hit hitting threes um, at a high clip. I think like something like forty two percent or something like that, um, yep. which has been pretty great to see from Russ because I, I know he has struggled from times at three from the three point line, um, and when when they're just gonna leave him wide open and he can drill them like that's gonna kill you on defense um, if you're the Suns. Um, and then just uh, his first step is just unreal. Uh, at age 34, to have a first step that's still that quick, um, it's just pretty crazy. I mean, he burned Josh Kogi a couple times, burned Toy Craig a couple times, uh, getting to the rim pretty easily. He had a nice dunk too. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to, to watch a little bit because you, as a clip, like if you're a Clippers fan, you're probably just thinking like. I mean, if we even just had Kawhi, what would the series be like? Right. Um, and then if you say it, if we had Kawhi and PG, um, I I feel like there's a strong notion that you'd feel like you're you'd be winning this series because, I mean, they've had a couple tough close losses that I mean, if you're missing two players of that caliber, I mean, that could definitely flip things around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I it, it's tough because like if you're a Clippers fan. I mean, it, it's just it's just got to be so hampering just to, you know, think what could have been for so many of these playoff runs. You know, the injury with Paul George, I think, over the past, like, you know, two to three years, just the injury woes with, with the Clippers, with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um, have just been, it's just been inconsistent play. And if you're not going to get consistent play out of those, out of those players, it's going to be tough going forward. Um, I think it just, this, this might be a series where you might have to figure out next year. If not necessarily, if you want these players to be on your team, but you're going to have to find other players that, you know, can step up in big roles during the regular season, just to keep these guys healthy for playoff time. And then you're running the risk of, you know, being a fifth seed or uh yeah fifth seed and having to play a phoenix team again so um yeah i mean you gotta give credit to phoenix though i mean kd shot lights out 9 of 17 31 11 rebounds gave you six assists off the or as well um and then chris paul i thought chris paul had his best game of the series 19 points nine assists shot great from three three of six uh, and then Devin Booker gives you, you know, he's been doing it all series long. Another 30 points from him. Um, you didn't have to worry too much about the bench. Uh, Kogi played, I think, a series high for him, 25 minutes. Thought he was okay at some points. Uh, like you said, Matt, he did get burned sometimes on defense. But, um, you know, I, I thought for the most part he did pretty well. And then uh, opposite side for the Clippers, you got nothing else besides Russell Westbrook. Um Eric Gordon had some timely threes early in the first half, but um, you know I had, I had no doubts uh, going into this into the fourth quarter, thinking that Clippers were going to maybe steal this one. But um, I, I personally think this game's going to be over in five. Um, do you do you agree, or you think? Um, um, yeah, I mean, I think if Hawaii comes back, I think they win. I th- I, I just think the Clippers are uh, more like deep team than the, the Suns are, and. That kind of showed. Um, that's that's probably why they won Game One is because they're just more deep. Um, I think they almost won Game Two as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think they could win Game Five. Um, 
I'm not too sure Kawhi is going to be back, though. I think. Um, yeah. I think the series could be over. Yeah, I, I, it's not a good sign when you haven't heard anything. So, and the Clippers have always kind of kept it kind of quiet, and Kawhi's team has kind of kept it quiet uh, over these last, you know, five to ten years with him. So, um, I, I don't expect him to play. Um, so, in, in that case, you know, I see Phoenix probably taking this one. But um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about. Some of these other series, um, we'll talk about 76ers closing out the Nets. Uh, We'll talk about the Heat surprisingly taking the 2-1 lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk about, um, you know, is Giannis coming back? That type of deal. But um, we'll see you on the following of the break. Welcome back, guys. Um... So I was talking to Matt, and we're thinking we're going to save um, some of these series for uh, possibly Tuesday's podcast episode. Um, so we'll probably talk about, um, you know, whether the Nuggets close out the Timberwolves tonight. We'll talk about um, probably that Atlanta-Boston game, which going, it's, it's, I believe it's going on right now. Yeah, 40-32, to uh, Celtics are up. Um, in game four, Boston leads that series two to one, but, um, that could be a key game if Atlanta can, you know, win that game at home. But, um, uh, and then we'll talk about some other series as well, but we'll save that for part two. Um, talking about the 76ers nets, you know, no Embiid in this game four, Philly still ends up pulling it out. 96 to 88, um, sweep the series or, uh, yeah, sweep the series, um, in this one. And, um, you know, I, th- I think Tobias Harris looked really well in this game. Uh, James Harden struggled a lot. You know, you know, you could look at his stats and be like, okay, 17 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. That's great. Um, four of 18 shooting. Wasn't that great? Maxi was six of 20. So, you know, 10 of 38 for those two combined for your, your backcourt. Um, you would have thought that Brooklyn would have definitely, you know, won this game or at least had. You know, they, they did have a chance, but um, only one player on their team had over 20 points, and that was Spencer Denwitty. But um, I thought Denwitty looked good in this game. Claxton gave you 19 and 12. Cam Johnson gave you a double-double with 11 and 10. Didn't shoot the ball that well with 4-13, but um, a missed opportunity for Brooklyn. And it, it just kind of seemed like they were, I wouldn't say checked out of this series, but um, you could definitely tell that they were, you know, a younger team coming into the playoffs probably didn't play like the six seed that they were but matt looking at it um you know you get Embiid a little bit of rest going into game two or series number two um you know i, I think he'll get probably at least two weeks maybe a little bit more depending on um when the um i believe they would play the uh two seven matchup so um whenever boston or atlanta get done with their series so um is that what you're kind of focused on if you're a Philly fan is is trying to get Embiid as much rest as he can to make it back for the game one of series two? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I think, uh, I mean, no matter who wins that series, I think they, they would need him back. Um, I assume Boston probably will, but um, yeah, I mean, just in general, their, their playoff uh, hopes kind of similar to the the Bucks in a certain sense that um I mean you need your MVP candidate or maybe probably even MVP um this year 
Um, Wait, kind he, of, is he your MVP then? Because no, I know I'm what saying, I, th- I think that's who's probably gonna win. I think yeah. they're kind of voter fatigue on Giannis and Jokic. Well, because you voted for, you were kind of trying to pick all three of those guys, right? Embiid, Giannis, and uh, Jokic. I don't think point. I, I don't <laughs> think I picked Jokic at all. Um, no, but I was definitely, I, I was on Giannis and Embiid. Um, right. Just a little fatigued with Jokic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of disappointing to see, just even as an NBA fan, just because um, Embiid is so talented that you, you want to see guys like that playing. Um, and he's had a history of injuries that have happened in the, the playoffs um, and the regular season. Um, so hopefully uh, he can get healthy. I know uh, this <laughs> is kind of crazy that they've already wrapped up their series and played four games, and teams like the Lakers and Memphis have only played three games, and the Bucks and right. the Heat have only played three games. It's kind of a wacky scheduling by the NBA, um, but really great if you're a, a Philly fan because now Embiid does have some time off um, to hopefully get healthy because uh, they might not have needed them against or to close out Brooklyn, but they'll for sure need them against probably the Boston Celtics. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, give credit to the other guys on Philly, too, though, for closing it out. Um, I know that game three was probably a little deflating for the Nets because they had a chance to potentially win it. Um, But still, just to get a road playoff win by any team is not an easy task. And the the others, so to speak, for uh, Philly rose to the occasion. Tobias Harris played really good in that game. Um, Yeah. I think, um, I mean, it's good for them too, though, because it also gives them a little bit of experience playing without Embiid to kind of uh, show that they can step up in those situations too. But if they're going to go far in the playoffs, they need Embiid back. Yeah, I mean, I think both these teams got the experience that they really, you know, wanted in this out of this series. You know, it didn't go Brooklyn's way, but I thought these last two games, like you said, were a lot better on defense, um, you know, especially that that uh, game three game when they had Embiid on the court. Um, only holding that team to 100, 102 points was, was phenomenal. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for Maxi going on that 8-0 run by himself, you know, I think with like 44 seconds left in the game, you know, Nets could have definitely stole that game. But, um, you know, Embiid had that, that clutch block on Dinwiddie to kind of seal up that game three win. And, um you know, I I didn't really check into too much of how serious this Embiid injury was, but um, hopefully it's not too serious because they're they're really going to need him going forward, um, especially in the next round if it is Boston. But um, looking at the Nets, I mean, a lot of young talent. I think they got a lot of good experience, especially with Bridges being their number one option. Dinwiddie's always a good. Um, he's a he's a good solid player and especially in the playoffs he's not going to give you you know 30 40 points but he'll give you a good solid 20 25 on on most nights so i I like him as you know a number two number probably more number three option if anything and then um you know you're getting claxton and and cam johnson those those you know playoff run times as well so um you know it's exciting for the nets but um of course, you're going to be disappointed with how you know the last two, three seasons have gone. If you're a Brooklyn fan, but at least you get to start over fresh and and 
you know, kind of root on this young and up up and coming team, and you'll have some some you know picks in these you know next what three to four years in the draft. So um, if they can you know pull out some good players in the draft um, and then build around um, the current roster they have, uh, it could be a bright future for this team. But um, moving on to our last game, we're going to talk about on this episode. Uh, Bucks end up falling two to one to the Miami Heat. No Giannis in this contest or uh, contest as well. Um, I think it's still questionable if he's going to play. Um, I believe on Monday. Yeah, on Monday. So, um, have you heard anything about Giannis possibly playing? I I heard he did uh, do some warm ups, um, but it's still uncertain as if he's going to play on Monday. Yeah, I think that's still still the latest. Um, still just uncertain to play Monday. Um, then some other injury news, too. Um, unfortunately, uh, Victor Oladipo tore his patella tendon late in the, the game last night. Um, that was pretty, uh, pretty hard to watch, knowing how many uh, injuries he's got, had to go, go through already. Um, I think, he, I mean... I'm pretty sure he tore his quad, um, if I'm not mistaken, in the past. Yep. Yep. Um, which is a pretty brutal injury to come back from for an NBA player. Um, so that, I mean, you could definitely see that the Heat were pretty, uh, pretty shaken about it. But um, hopefully, he can recover well. Um, I think just, I mean, he was doing. Um, he had a decent role, but it wasn't anything like major or anything like that. So I think. Um, yeah, but when you're also, you know, just giving him like, what was it in the first two games? He was only playing like spot minutes of like, you know, eight to ten minutes, and then the, you know the last two games they ramped up his minute totals by, you know, an extra 10, 11 minutes. Which, I mean, with some of these injury-prone players, like if you're not giving them minutes and then all of a sudden you ramp up their minutes a ton, like that's where you see some of those injuries happening. You know, we've seen it with Kevin Durant. We've seen, we've seen it with a lot of players. So um, it's a heart, another heartbreaking loss for Miami, even though, you know, you got to win against Milwaukee. It's still tough to lose, you know, Tyler Hero and Oladipo, two good shooting guards, both do different things for your team. Um, you're going to have to count on players like Duncan Robinson, who, had a phenomenal game in this game three, putting up twenty points. Uh, Matt, do you think he finally found his his shot back, or um, is this kind of just a you know one one thing or one game um, for him? Um, you know, I think he he kind of did. I think the biggest thing with Duncan, um, he's got he's got the talent. He's a great three point shooter. He's a great um, player in general, in my opinion. I think it's it's more of a confidence thing in him. Um, shooters, when they're not confident, it can really hurt their jump shot. And um, he's one of those players where he'll get down on himself if he if he's not hitting shots, and that lets it kind of affects his entire play. Um, in this game, he was unbelievable. He's hitting shots. He even took uh, Drew Holiday to the rack one time. Right. Um, which I mean, considering how good of a defender Drew Holiday is, that's pretty impressive. Um, I wouldn't expect anything crazy out of him, but I, I think. He is going to play a role in this series because just due to numbers, um, no hero and no um, Oladipo going out. And then on top of that, I think um, Jimmy's even battling an injury right now. Um, he'll probably play, but 
that's just something to, to know. Uh, he went to the locker room at one point, but he yeah, came wasn't there like the I think there was like six or seven or eight minutes left in the fourth when he exited. So yeah, um, yeah I, I think Jimmy will be fine going forward. He poured in thirty points for you, but um, you know it's tough, you know, because. You know, grit and grind is not only a Memphis term, but it's also a Miami Heat, you know, deal too as well. Because, um, you know, just their off-season workouts that they put in, and then you know that's what they prep for is, is playoff times and, and what we know them for. So, um, you you got good good minutes from Jimmy. Um, tough that he exited a little bit later. So we'll we'll see what he looks like in you know a pivotal game four where they can possibly take a three one lead, but. Um, just getting that help from Duncan Robinson. Caleb Martin gave you a good men- minutes off the bench. Um, and then I think uh, Kyle Lowry gave you some good minutes off the bench too, putting up 15 points. Um, looking at Milwaukee's side of thing, Matt, Matt um, what did you see from Milwaukee? Um, you know, tough loss. Um, wasn't really close majority of the game. Um, do you see them kind of correcting this in game four? Or is this, you know, a type of deal where you're you're seeing some big holes in this Milwaukee squad? Uh, you know, I, I even without Giannis, I think they could even still win. Um, I think they can correct it. I think that they just had some bad games out of some guys like Portis and Lopez had pretty bad games offensively. Um, without Giannis, you need them to step up, um, and then. Just guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, they, they didn't shoot bad or anything like that, but they just have to, um, you know, that you need bigger games out of them when guys are out. Because um, if you're going to beat this Heat team, you need somebody to kind of like not match up completely with Jimmy in terms of points, but you need somebody to be your alpha too. Because um, uh, Jimmy's just that guy in the playoffs. Like, he. He's get, he was giving them buckets um, when they needed it. Um, and, and that's kind of what Milwaukee needs is somebody that can answer bucket for bucket at times when they need it when Giannis is out. Um, you can definitely tell, though, that like because the whole Milwaukee offense is based around Giannis um, attacking the basket and then kicking out to open shooters. Um, so when he's out, it definitely really affects it. Um, but I think, I think part of it is the first game at home for the Heat, too. They played really good. The crowd was super loud. Um, it, the key would be to, you know, not really let them kind of try to take the momentum out of them early, kind of get the crowd out of it. Um, you know, those Heat fans are fair weather, so if they're down by 10 at halftime, they might even leave the game. Um, so <laughs> that probably Yeah, hopefully we don't see that again. <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree. I think you know Chris Middleton has to be that guy again. We got to see, you know, we got to see the Chris Middleton of of you know two last year, two years ago, um, even three years ago. So you got to see, you know, he played well, eight of 14, 23 points. But um, you're gonna have to expect around 30, 35 from him, um, especially if Jimmy's gonna go off for 30. And you're going to get, you know, those minutes from Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry and, and Cody Martin off the bench as well. You're going to have to need uh, him to step up. You're going to need Drew Holiday to step up on the offense end. Um, and then he's they got to play better defense this game for. You can't give up 121 points to a Miami team that has struggled to shoot the ball all season long. Um, and, and 
has struggled to just get points from you know players not named Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, or Tyler Hero, who's now injured. But um, you know you're going to have to find. I, th- I think Brooke Lopez needs to step up as well. You know, three of nine in this game, three rebounds, six points in 30 minutes. Um, you got to expect more from him. Um, I know he played a lot better when when Giannis was playing as well, just like most of these Milwaukee Bucks um, players did. But he's got to step up. Uh, Bobby Portis in the starting in the starting lineup has got to step up offensively as well. Um, so I think it'll be an interesting game four. I think Milwaukee will definitely play a lot better than they did in game three, and I think we'll have uh, one of those games where it's going to come down to the wire, kind of like this Golden State and uh, Sacramento game hat did uh today but um it'll be interesting um if you guys enjoyed the podcast please leave a like uh and uh follow as well um follow us on our 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 social media platforms as well that'll be tiktok instagram facebook uh we will have another episode coming out probably tuesday or wednesday dealing with kind of the part two of this thing um we didn't cover every team just because it would have taken forever and, you know, Matt's got to get some food in his belly before this uh, Timberwolves victory tonight. <laughs> yeah, I got to fill up so I can drink some brewskis at the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, either way, we're going to be drunk at the game. I mean, <laughs> win win or loss, we're going home drunk. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, yeah, that'll be it from, from the Shots Side crew here. Uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed the content, and we will see you on the next one. Peace out. Peace! Peace! <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs>